0: My name is Sylvia Cohen. I'm the founder of 14 Minds, a marketing agency that specializes in developing strategic campaigns that help nonprofit organizations connect with their audience. I've had the privilege of meeting some inspirational nonprofit leaders and doers who have devoted an untold number of hours to achieving their mission. Many of these incredible individuals have shared a similar frustration with me along these lines. No one knows what we really do, not even our own volunteers. It's so hard to explain all of our different services. People think our organization is a lot smaller than it is. That's why I created this podcast to give non-for-profits a platform to share their mission with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you as much as they inspire me. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am so excited to have with us Maury Litwack. He is the executive director of Teach Coalition, which is a project of the OU. I'm going to let Maury tell you the rest. Maury, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I I run the Teach Coalition, which is a project of the Orthodox Union, which fights for government funding for yeshivas and day schools. Uh, We advocate on behalf of 90% of the yeshiva and day school world in the country, and are very, very proud of the fact that we've been able to deliver funding to provide better security funding, better STEM funding, improved services, a lot of things that parents uh, rely upon, a lot of things that schools rely upon.
0: Wow, that's incredible. Can you tell me how this
1: project got started? So the project got started, there was originally a, a organization started by the Sparta community probably in, in the two thousand early 2000s. That was very successful and was trying to be a single issue advocacy organization, similar to what AARP is for seniors or APAC is for the pro Israel community. And that organization ended up essentially merging with the OU, with a number of the schools. And that organization called Teach NYS was, was newly formed in 2013, and which I, I took it over at that point. And we expanded it into the other states in 2015, 2016, et cetera into those other states. The six states we represent, New York, New Jersey, Florida, Pennsylvania, California, and Maryland represent the 90%. And really, in a nutshell, if you have a business and you care about the government and its interaction with your business, which you should, politics is very important, we determined that basically the Jewish day school and yeshiva world is a $2 billion annual enterprise and did not have enough representation. And so we treat this like we would a $2 billion business enterprise and have lobbyists, have public policy, have really a movement to parents, thousands of parents that are actively involved. And that's really the formation of it, which is we want to be what the AARP is for seniors, what APAC is for the pro-israel community. We want to be that representative voice for the Yeshiva Day School world.
0: Wow. Amazing. And I love that you say that you treat it like an enterprise because I feel like so many in the nonprofit space, they don't look at it that way. They don't invest in themselves. And here you're addressing something so important. So I think that it's it's fantastic that you approach it that way. Do you have like a favorite story from, you know, it sounds like you've been doing this for a while, a success story or an interaction that you
1: can share with us? The thing that I would want to share with people, especially for a lot of your listeners who care about the nonprofit space And care about sort of, I would call it the cause world, the world of causes, and everyone has that cause. Is that people remark to me now when they look at our enterprise and say, well, of course it's working because it's an issue that everyone can get around. And of course you're raising money for it because it's an issue that people care about. And of course it's working because the way you're explaining it to the elected officials, they understand that. But we have a our budget is over four million dollars a year. We have a staff of over 30 people. We have activists galore. That didn't just happen. It was the result of a lot of failure, a lot of starts and stops. And we started with literally one person. And it's really very important for people to understand that you're going to have those who doubt your work. They're going to have those who basically say, it's not going to happen. Don't bother. Don't work on it. Your ideas aren't going to work. And you have to literally... Just keep going uh, until you're successful. A recent story to sort of epitomize that is when corona hit, people called me up and said, well, more you're never getting any more money out of the government. You're not going to be able to raise any more money. The parents are too distracted to do anything. And since then, we've had, I would say, almost a banner year of parents getting more services, of schools being able to remain open, which is critical to have a relationship with the government, to make that happen, of parents getting free meals around the country, which is really the role government played in that. And so if you take those doubters and you take those people who say to you, well, that's a nice idea, but it's never going to happen, or do you really, if you internalize that and let that hold you back, it will. But if you instead use that as your fuel to say, okay, we'll see, we'll see what happens and use that, you can literally change the world.
0: That's amazing. Wow. I appreciate that. So I guess that leads right into the next question, which is what would you say is the most satisfying or inspiring part? of what you do every day? Which part of it do you enjoy the most?
1: You know, they say, if you, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. (laughs) I say, I think if you love what you do and you work for the community, not only do you not work a day in your life, but maybe you're, maybe you're changing the lives and helping others not work as hard either. And so I think that's what inspires me every day is I can see the results of our work for my children, my grandchildren. And that's really what I think really inspires me. I think that if, if you do something where Decades from now, people look back at the work and say, wow, that really, you know, that was transformative. That really is just gets you through the hard times, gets you through the monotony, the things you must do, is all leading towards a big purpose.
0: Wow. Thank you. So on the flip side of that, what's your biggest day-to-day challenge? And how do you work to overcome it?
1: We've been very blessed to have a lot of, you know, Borough we've been very blessed to have a lot of success and done some transformative things. For example, our advocacy led to the first ever STEM funding being reimbursed, the first ever Lamute whole secular teachers being reimbursed in New York State. Just absolutely groundbreaking work. I think the challenge when you've had success is not to rest on that, not to point to that at all times. I think it's important to keep grinding, keep every day looking for those new wins and new successes, because especially if you're in communal work, especially if you're in the nonprofit space, people are still relying on you. And it's not enough to sort of point to what you did a year ago, five years ago, or 10 years ago, and feel good about that and pat yourself on the back. You have to achieve on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a yearly basis. And I think that that's a challenge. And so one of the things I do almost on a weekly basis is write down what are my big picture goals, where am I going with them, and work backwards so that it puts a smile on my face and I say, okay, this is where I have to work in order to achieve the next step and the next big thing.
0: So can you give me like a practical example of that? like how you keep yourself moving forward. I think that people would
1: find that really helpful. I think in order to keep yourself moving forward, you have to have real mentorship and you have to have people that you can speak with who are going to be honest with you. There's always going to be that internal voice inside of you that's saying, I got to keep going. I'm doing well. I can work harder and things like that. But whether it's your coworkers or it's mentors or it's other people who can say to you, well, why didn't you try this? Or that could have been more successful. Or no, that wasn't as big a deal as you thought. I think that's what keeps people on their toes in not just the nonprofit space, but in the for-profit space as well.
0: That's true. That's true. That's great advice. So moving on, what does the world look like when you've achieved your mission? Like every day you're working towards the mission. Let's say one day you woke up and you said, the work is done. What, What does the world look like at that point?
1: I think that the world looks like we want every single child to be able to attend the school of their choice. Every child should be able to attend the school of their choice, no matter if that school is providing more services, no matter if that school is providing technical expertise, and they want to learn more on the technical space or more in the STEM lab, or they want to particularly like advanced Gamarashir or anything else like that. And I want, we want to be able to have it be that every child has the school that they want to go to. And if they have learning disabilities, they're able to still go to the schools. And if they have specific health needs, they're able to still go to that because they have the right nurse for that. Or if the school is 30 miles away, they have the transportation they need to get there. We want to be able to have that accessible. And right now, we believe that there's too many parents, not just now, but for decades, who have either struggled to pay for education or have not been able to send their child to the school of their choice. And I think that that's not the way it's supposed to be. And we think that our vision is, is that the services are there to provide for every child, the resources are there to bring costs down for the schools, and that weight is no longer sitting on parents constantly, which we've referred to as the tuition crisis.
0: Yes, that is a huge problem. And even one step towards achieving that is just unbelievable. So I think, I think the work that you're doing is incredible. If somebody handed you a blank check tomorrow and said you can fill in any amount and do whatever you want with it, what would you spend that on? For your project it's a good well, question right
1: <laughs> all right so hey i mean it's any it's any amount right any amount any amount in the whole I world mean, you I'd can put, fill it in i'd put i'd put like a trillion dollars into uh an endowment <laughs> for jewish education so oh, I'd there put, you go i would put an endowment in so then i'd be i'd be out of work but the, the reason why we fight as hard as we do for government funding is because if we generate this past year our advocacy and the work of our coalition partners as well in the states we were in, generated you know close to $300 million for Jewish day schools and shivas. So that's the, one of the largest donations you're going to get. And one of the only things that government can do, which is why in the UK and in Eretz Israel in Israel, they don't have a tuition crisis because the government kicks in more money. So if I had a blank check, I would obviously put that check towards a massive endowment for our, our schools. There, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of donors who are writing that kind of check. Without that, I would put money towards funding to really. Boost awareness of voting. Our, the community does not vote the way they should. I want 100% voting participation in the community. I want real awareness of that I would bring not a thousand people to Albany or a thousand people to Trenton, but I would work to bring 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 community members to those places to really make our voices heard. So those are the things I would do with that money to really just increase our representation. This is not the Maury Litwack show, it is a community effort.
0: Okay, so hopefully we have some philanthropists listening. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we inspired them today.
1: Exactly. We have, <laughs> we have a philanthropist listening to this podcast. Please write the check of a of trillion dollars <laughs> in Jewish education.
0: It will get put to very good use. Yes. Amazing. If somebody wants to get involved with Teach Coalition, what, what are their options and how should they reach out?
1: So they can reach out. If they find me on social media, by all means, message me and I'll, I'll connect them to someone on our staff. They can go literally to teachcoalition.org. Again, teachcoalition.org. And there's a 10-second thing that says join the movement. And unlike a lot of other organizations where you sign up for something and then you're waiting around for something to happen, we pride ourselves in trying to call the person who signs up within a day or two and asking them how do they want to be involved in their local community.
0: That's fantastic. I love that. Usually, yeah, you wait around, you hopefully get put on their email list, you get their newsletter at some point, and that's about it.
1: We, so We get very surprised people when we call them. They say, I don't expect a <laughs> call. We, we say, it says, we're going to call you.
0: Oh, that's so. Well, when you speak to them, when, what do you tell them? What are their options to get involved?
1: We either want them to build relationships with elected officials. We want them to be active in voting awareness and building voting campaigns in their local community. Just a lot of things. When people see that there are grassroots activists from other organizations or other communities, and they say, "Well, why can't our community be more civically engaged?" Those are the types of volunteer opportunities we have for people. You know, during the election, eighteen months ago or so, there's the general election. We literally that well, wasn't eighteen months ago. It was probably less than that. We literally. Had almost like a crowdfunding type of campaign where it wasn't about raising money, but it was about getting people to commit five minutes to the election, a hundred minutes to the election, getting people to call their friends in the election. We really need people's voice for this to work. It doesn't work when it's just a couple people running around and patting ourselves on the back. It's really it's a movement, and we need volunteers desperately.
0: Got it. Okay, so I think it's good we're talking about this. I just I want to add on a question because I think it might be very relevant. If there's somebody listening to this that has, you know, a topic that they feel very passionate about, something that they feel needs to be changed in the world, and they want to go into some kind of advocacy, whether it's under the umbrella of a bigger organization or somehow on their own, do you have any advice that you would give to them for how to kind of get started with something like that?
1: You want to change the world. You want to get involved in a cause. You want to do something big, right? Yes. So I I don't have advice for but I have some some do nots that I wrote down. That's good. Those are great. Right. So some here's some of the things. Number one is don't pick too many issues. Stick to one issue. Many times people pick a lot of different issues and they try in their spare time in an hour a week or an hour a month to do too many things. It doesn't work. Pick one issue with everything you care about. If there's something in your school you care about, something in your school you care about, pick that issue. Don't try to tackle too many things. That's right. The second thing I was going to say is is that you need to figure out if you're the right spokesperson for a cause. You may not be the right spokesperson for a cause, and maybe someone else is a good spokesperson for the cause. Ask your friends and family who's the right person for it. The number three is it's not a movement if it's just you running around telling people about it and everyone patting on the back and saying it's a good idea. It's not a movement, it's not a cause in a real way if you did one or two things about it, you raised $100 and you patted yourself on the back and you just moved on. If you really want to change something, It's got to be more than just you. It's got to be more than one action, more than one activity. Don't skip the details. If you're about changing the world, and about changing the causes, you may have to fundraise. You may have to learn things. You may have to haul boxes. You may have to do things you didn't want to do originally. But again, if you're purpose-driven and you're trying to change something, then you must focus on those details, the things that seem fun, the things that don't seem fun, because at the end of the day, they're about making a difference.
0: Wow. That's a great list. You just knocked that out. Amazing. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I want to leave up with one final question, which is, what is the one thing you want people to take away from this conversation when it comes to the Teach Coalition Project, the one thought you want to leave
1: them with? What is that message? The last thing you should do when you hear this interview or when you are inspired and say, wow, this sounds really great, is say, post on LinkedIn or other social media platforms and saying, wow, talk about more great work. I appreciate that's very nice i happen to get a lot of call quotes from my family and friends don't view this as maury's cause don't view this as just the teach and some staff members causes there's a real opportunity for you to get involved in this work and we need your help and we need your voice there's nothing more impactful than volunteering and making a difference and we are an organization that is desperately looking for volunteers we have a role for you pick up the phone go to theteachcoalition.org and find a way to do this. The people involved in our work end up not just being involved in Teach Coalition, but they end up being community leaders for their schools, for their schools, for the community in general. So this is a great entry point for people who want to get involved and make a difference.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here. This was really fantastic.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Change the World podcast. If you have any feedback or comments, or if you are a nonprofit leader who is interested in learning more about how 14 Minds can help you, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me by email at civia at 14minds.com. For more nonprofit content, follow me on LinkedIn or visit 14minds.com to subscribe to our mailing list.